0: To learn about Michael's international retreats and workshops, please visit michaelstoneteaching.com. Thank you for your support. So we're here just for a few days, and I really encourage you to just be here practicing. That's what I'm going to talk about. That's what Dogen's talking about. So in interviews, I'm hearing about some of you who are having a hard time. Some of you who are touching the part of you that can't be still. Part of you that's broken. Some of you are running away from broken families, broken bones, broken houses, careers that didn't work out the way you thought they would. Some of you are running away from your own brokenness. or you keep running into broken relationships. So I think one of the things we're doing, uh, one of the things we're doing together when we're practicing is we're learning how to stop breaking things. Some of you really need to do that work in your relationships. Some of you just need to do that work in yourselves. Dogen, he says it so clearly. Step back. Turn the light inwards. Without memory and imagination. Without memory and imagination. Such clear instruction. When you sit... Stay with the breathing, be awake, without memory. It doesn't mean there are no memories. It just means as the mind starts getting seduced by the past, don't go down that road. Just stay with what's here without adding anything to it. It's like those condiments on the table. They look so good. I want to put them on my food before I even taste the food. But how do I know how much gamasio? How much guacamole? Did you see the color of the salsa? I just want that on rice. Anything on rice. Sometimes we just start to feel a little sadness and then we just throw all this sadness on top of sadness. And Dogen also says and no imagination. So Dogen's not talking about deep imagination. He's talking about fantasies, planning. So right here No memory, no imagination. And then, realize suchness. Which he says is not separate from you right here. If you want to realize suchness, be suchness immediately. So Dogen's actually quoting, as he often does, from uh, Shito, who comes about 300 or 350 years before Dogen. Um, So I just wanted to read you what Shito wrote. um, Because Shito is really talking about what it means to let go of memory and imagination and just realize suchness. Go into the dark, not what you think. Not the tumultuous darkness, but the nourishing darkness. Beginner's mind. So here's what Shito says. I've built a grass hut. (laughs) It's the wrong time of year to read this. I just realized. (laughs) I've built a grass hut where there's nothing of value. After eating, I relax and enjoy a nap. When it was completed, fresh weeds appeared, and now it's been lived in, and it's covered in weeds. Turn around the light to shine within, and then just return. The vast, inconceivable, inconceivable source can't be faced or turned away from. Meet the ancestral teachers and be familiar with their instruction. Bind grasses to build a hut and don't give up. Let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. Open your hands and walk innocent. Thousands of words, thousands of interpretations are only to free you from obstructions. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, don't separate this. Sorry. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, don't separate from this skin bag here and now. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, if you want to know suchness, don't separate from this skin bag. So here he is, this monk in a hut. Grass hut. He Goes to build this perfect hut, and then it's covered in weeds. Just like your practice. You come here on retreat, everything's perfect. Didn't even bring a Zabuton and you've got one. Pretty good one, too. Forgot your cushion? Grant, so do one. And then, everything's perfect. No emails, no tweets, and still the weeds appear. So what I like about this poem, it's it's written at a time where the poets really idealize the mountains. And so if you know like Han Shan's poetry, you know, Cold Mountain. But but here Shito is saying, Oh, actually, I'm living in a hut that's covered in weeds. And we all know that weeds are like a metaphor for delusions. You know the kind of weeds that are sharp like nettles. They cut you, and they're also medicine. So he's living in this. And most of us, when the weeds come, I'm hearing about it, we want to run away. We want to transcend. It's not supposed to be like this. He says this really beautiful line at the end. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, don't separate from this skin bag here and now. So we each have an opportunity here to build a little hut. And when I look around the room, I can see there's no shortage of weeds So use them to build a home. Some of you are idealists and you want all your habits to go away in three days. But we have some habits, as impermanent as they are, we're going to have to work with our whole life. That's okay. That's part of this skin bag. Dogen says about going on retreat, this time of retreat is your eyeballs. I like that. This time on retreat is your eyeballs. In another passage he says, I'm just remembering this, uh, these weeks of retreat are our eyeballs. To see clearly. Some of you, you know, you have this tendency, you want to close your eyes, space out. So we sit with our eyes open, so we're right here, not separate from the skin bag. Because we're not practicing to get into a state. Without memory and imagination... Then Dogen says, Oh, so he he has this one line that's amazing, right? If you want to attain suchness, attain suchness right now. Now he's going to say, how do you do it? And then suddenly he just totally changes gears and he gets really practical. He tells you, okay, here's how to not separate from the skin bag. A quiet room is best. We have that? Okay. Eat and drink moderately, let go of associations, put all affairs aside, and don't think of good or bad. Don't be concerned with right or wrong. Put aside the operation of your intellect, volition, and consciousness, and stop considering things with memory, imagination, and contemplation. Don't seek to become a Buddha. To be a Buddha has nothing to do with the forms of sitting or lying down. Put a thick zabuton on the floor where you sit. Put a zafu on top of it. Sit in full lotus or half lotus. Well, we've modified that a little bit because we're not all Chinese or Japanese and we all can't sit like that, so we also have benches and chairs and... Samsung has all kinds of fancy contraptions. Your clothing should be loose but neat. Put your right palm up on your left foot and your left palm up on your right palm. The tips of your thumb should be slightly touching. Sit upright. Lean neither to the left nor to the right not forward or backwards. Your ears should be in line with your shoulders. Your nose should be in line with your navel. Let your tongue touch the roof of your mouth. Close your lips and jaw. Keep your eyes open. Breathe quietly through your nose. After having regulated your posture, exhale completely and take a breath. Sway your body from left to right a few times. Sit in samadhi. Think of not thinking. So easy. So we use two hand positions. One hand position, we take our right hand and we put our left hand in our right hand. And then we let our thumbs touch. And an alternative to that is to put your hands down on your legs and let your thumb and first finger touch. Then you let the tip of your tongue touch the gums just above your two front teeth. And you let your tip of the tongue touch the gums as softly as your thumb and first finger touch. So the center of your palm is hollow, just like the roof of your mouth. Your index finger is the roof of your mouth. And your thumb is your tongue. And they touch so gently. And when you're in meditation practice and you really start striving to get somewhere, then your fingers will start pushing together, and your tongue will push into your mouth, and your eyes get really intense. If you're going to kill somebody, some of you. <laughs> um, and so this is just how you can monitor your attitude and your nervous system, and then. Um, If you space out, your thumb and your index finger come apart, or your thumbs come apart. Your tongue falls away from the roof of your mouth. (laughs) Some of you are doing this also. Okay? So use the tips of your fingers and use your tongue just to monitor the practice. monitor the practice. When the tip of your tongue curls and touches that space behind the two front teeth, uh, your mouth stops producing saliva. So this helps relax the throat so you don't have to swallow a lot when you're sitting. And the soft palate The soft palate releases when your tongue releases. The tongue releases, the soft palate releases. And when the tongue releases, you release your viewpoint. So whenever you're caught up in a particular story, you release the tongue. It's just like grabbing a hot wire or a hot potato. Soft palate releases. So this is what Dogen's really practical instructions. And then he says, it's no big deal. Then, just sit in samadhi. <sighs> just sit in samadhi. Some means to come together. It's the same as the English prefix come, like in community. And adi just means one. So coming together is one. So no subject, no object. Just one. And then he says, how do you do that? Just think of not thinking. So this is a quote from a famous koan. A student comes to Yaku-san and says, what do you think about when you're meditating? That's a good question. What do you think about when you're meditating? Yaku-san says, I think about not thinking. The student says, how do you do that? And Yaku says, san says, non-thinking. <laughs> you get it? What do you think about when you meditate? Oh well, I think about not thinking. Well, how do you do that? Not thinking. So a thought arises, we don't think about it. You can't stop your thoughts. Well, you can. you can. If you hold your breath for long enough, your thoughts will stop. <laughs> it's very enticing for some personalities to be seduced by concentration practices where you stop thinking. But Dogen calls that step-by-step meditation the Satipatthana Sutta, the Anapanasati Sutta. Dogen's critiquing this practice. And and I'm saying this because a lot of you do this practice. I've taught it to you. And Dogen's saying, okay, that's for stabilizing. Once you're stable, following the breath, just start to let that fall away. And then just sit non-dual awareness. If there's sadness, just be sad. The breath harmonizes with sadness, and the sadness changes. The breath is awareness. The breath harmonizes with pain. It's so natural. It's really earthy. but it's not step-by-step meditation. So once you're calm, the technique can fall away a little bit. And then you just sit open, just becoming whatever is showing up. It's your life. Becoming suchness. Sometimes two, sometimes thirty-eight. Just being suchness. Without memory. Without imagination. The trouble is. is We think we know how to do that. You think you know what your mind is. You think you know what your breath is. Dogen's wanting you to go deeper than that. To become Buddha. Or do you just put a Buddha on your altar at home and just go, yeah, man, that's it. How do we go deeper than that? This is also called equanimity to be fully with what's going on from a place that's really stable. I like to think it's also called love. You know, a lot of us, because we have so many preferences, we're always making a club. This you know, this row is my club. And like that row there, they I'm really sitting so straight. This is my club. Or like this table, they we've got Orioki down. And those guys, they just can't get it. Michael's gone to sit at the table. They still can't get Orioki.
1: I don't know what's going on.
0: And sometimes we we use our attention this way, just picking and choosing. See this sometimes, I've done this sometimes, where you you think you love somebody so much, and then a few years later you hate them. Or you really can't stand someone. And a few conversations later, you just love them. Where our energy is so proprietary. So I want you to watch that in the dynamic of the Sangha on the retreat. Where there's some people, for whatever reason, you really start putting your energy into. And then other people, you don't. So maybe there's some people that you just haven't noticed on the retreat. And just allow yourself to be here in Sangha. And to take a little energy away from the people that you're really getting focused on and put a little more energy into the people that maybe you don't notice. So there's more equanimity in your attitude in the community. Exactly the same thing Theresa Spence is asking us to do in our culture. Just to spread our attention around a little more evenly. Not just in our favorite club. If we don't learn how to do that, the Sangha starts getting cliques in it, and then becomes its own clique. And we all know what it's like to walk into a clique. It's only good if you're in the clique. One way to do this is to go beyond your own suffering and to find the suffering. To go beyond your own personal wounds and just find THE wound where the hungry ghosts live. And maybe compassion can start to work this way too. That we take action not because I'm in pain or someone I care about is in pain, but just because there's pain. Sometimes you just need to change the language of it. So when we're in formal practice, when difficulty arises, just let it be difficulty and let the breath harmonize with it. It doesn't have to be my difficulty. Just let the breath harmonize with it. Spread your attention out more evenly. Dogen says, how do you think of not thinking beyond thinking? This is the essential way of meditation. The meditation I'm talking about is not step-by-step meditation. It's simply the Dharma gate of peace and comfort. It's the practice enlightenment of the ultimate way. And in doing meditation, the koan manifests itself. It can't be ensnared. When you grasp this, you're like a dragon with water or a tiger in the mountains. You must know that true Dharma manifests itself in meditation and dullness and distractions drop away. So when you're sitting in the way Dogen suggests, you're right here. It's not different than during Orioke. It's not different than how you can participate in community. Just right here. Not hiding. Memory and imagination while you're sitting is another way of hiding. Another way of distancing. Some of you, during interviews, I've given you a little bit of a different practice to work on. I just want to say two things about that. Uh, One is, um, try it out. And uh, sometimes during interviews, when I give you a practice or something to work on, uh, I also really encourage you not to share it with other people. Because I might give someone else a similar practice for a different reason. Or your response to that practice uh, has to be your response. So it's better just to really keep that to yourself. And the other thing I wanted to say about interviews is um, when the interview finishes and you leave the room and you bow, come straight to your cushion. In my experience, that's been the richest time from the interview. Because you take the energy of the interview and you go as fast as you can to your cushion and just see what's there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you want to leave the interview and, you know, go pee, have some tea, pick your nose. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Just try and keep the energy from the interview. And take that right into your cushion. It's just a little tip that I've found in my own practice really, really helps. So one more thing about equanimity. Um, try to notice, not just in the sangha, but also um, in your own mind, where the attention goes most often. And how where the attention goes most often usually has some um, uh, memory and imagination. So try to really catch that and come back again. Come home. And this is how you cultivate equanimity. Here's how the Dalai Lama says it. It makes sense to make the happiness of others as important as our own. Because then our chances of happiness are enhanced by a factor of 7 billion it makes sense to make the happiness of others as important as our own because then our chances of happiness are enhanced by a factor of 7 billion. I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. You're not practicing just for yourself. You'll see as you put in some years, some of you have your partner will start really encouraging you to go on retreat. <laughs> is it okay, you sure I take time away to go on New Year's? Yeah. When I when I feel like leading a retreat is getting really complicated because, you know, it's a lot of work for me. Um, Just remember the Dalai Lama. Just think of his face. He's so happy. And his life is so complicated. Especially this year. So many Tibetans immolating themselves. So painful for him. One thing I saw in the Dalai Lama when I had a chance to meet him a few years ago was that he feels the pain of every Tibetan who gets hit, imprisoned, burned, shot. He feels it. Just like you can feel it here. person next to you is having a hard time. You can feel it someone across from you in Orioki is feeling some joy, it just spreads. Well, maybe we're not there yet, but it'll come. (laughs) Let me finish with a poem. I have a practice on the treat of writing a poem every day, so I'll finish with this little poem. I'm looking at you White snow. And I'm looking at you, fear. And you, sanity. What is suchness? The serving spoon upside down. Just can't let go of the chemo. At lunch, one bead of sweat on Elaine's forehead. Just won't drop. No artifice whatsoever. Or that vase of hot lemon water designed exactly for you to spill. I'm looking at you. Over and over. I'm looking at you, Chief Teresa Spence, in your teepee in front of Parliament, showing us how you're hungry for change. Day 19. Without solid food. And I'm looking at you too, Stephen Harper. Just can't go down and meet her. Sit with her, the one who's hungry to talk, the one in the grass hut. Oh, crystal snow, so many white stars this afternoon exactly like this great sangha of the maladjusted. I'm looking at you, your terrible avalanche of trouble, in the middle of your perfect life.